On today's episode of Mountaintop Conversations, we sit down with Candace Parker, mother, WNBA champion, TV broadcaster, and one of my closest friends. We have a discussion about betting on yourself, motherhood, and the future of women in sports. Enjoy. Well, Candace, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I have been looking forward to this one. I'm like, I have my friend. Um, we get to talk about all the things. And for those listening who don't know, me and Candace go way back, um, all the way to high school, winning the Gatorade High School Athlete of the Year Award um, and just a lot of good times. But since then, a lot of life has happened. And uh, it's really cool to just meet in this place, you know, this place of both mothers and you know athletic career but also venturing off to different things now so um yeah i'm excited to jump in i want i'm excited that i get to to tag along and (laughs) and be here to talk with both of you too yes thank you so much for having me i'm really excited you know i do have to share this i posted a picture uh for your birthday in our when we were 16 uh, 16 and 17, I think. And we had those amazing dresses on and Gabrielle <laughs> Union commented like, you guys really wore that. And so I had to go back and forth. Like, you know, this was like early 2000s. That was the style. So, we were cute then. Like, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. I was, we were cute. So yeah. we were going to like, was like, we should have a party and recreate these outfits. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm always here to dress up. So, you know, <laughs> I don't, but I feel like, I feel like Rue 21 went out of business. So are you going to be able to find your dress? That's, I've come a long way. He's, it's not nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I want to start this conversation with a place that I think really resonates with both of us, you know, as athletes, as black women, I feel like we have had to be extraordinary. Um, and oftentimes we've been doubted. We've been counted out. Um, Countless times I felt like that in my career, and I already know that you have as well. You know, you've been voted most underrated before, and just there's always been so much criticism and just with every single move and decision and everything. So what does betting on yourself mean to you, and what does it look like? You know, I feel like betting on yourself isn't just like the overall notion of betting on yourself. I think it's betting on yourself every day. And I think it's doing it and it's relinquishing the results. You know, I think you're able to develop who you are throughout your journey, but it reveals itself in the adversity. So I think Mm -hmm. betting on yourself really is about just continuing to stick to your morals, your values, who you are and what got you to where you are and just believing in it. You know, I think there's a lot of people that aren't just in sports and aren't just, you know, on every day that are betting on themselves um, through criticism through adversity and through all of that. And I think that's the hardest time to bet on yourself is when things aren't going right, but continuing on the path and continuing and working as hard as you can and sticking to those morals and values. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that your career has been a testament to that. You know, I think you can see it. I think, you know, when you've been doing something as long as, you know, both of us have, it's that consistency, you know, like it can be really easy to be the underdog and, you know, it's exciting, like you're taking names and stuff. But I think to to keep that number one spot and to stay there, like when everybody is coming after you, you know, year after year, to me, that's it's really hard to do that. And like, I've been able to watch you, you know, do that and to stay at such a high level for such a long time. It's been really a cool thing to see. No, I just think it's, um, it's extremely inspiring to be able to like really recognize somebody from 15 to 16 at the best to ever do it. 
you know, and to be inspired by, you know, obviously seeing you win is amazing, but seeing you get up and go and work out, you know, seeing you on the track on your back after, you know, doing a workout. Like, I mean, I think the late great Kobe Bryant said it best, like that it's a, it's in the journey. Like it's not yeah. the destination, like the dream is the journey. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that try to emulate the destination, but you can't, you have to do it with the journey. And so just being able to be inspired and have my daughter be inspired by like watching people get up, you know, you mm-hmm. get up and, and work out and, you know, then see what it kind of leads to. It's extremely inspiring. Yeah. It's so cool. It's, you know, you saying it's not like one big bet. It's a whole bunch of little bets every single day. And I think like, that's the thing with, you know, even that, that phrase betting on yourself, we say it just so effortlessly and so easily, but you forget that like a bet means there's a risk of loss that it doesn't turn out the way you want it to turn out all the time. That is the bet. And to think of one big bet, that's scary. You could lose it all, whatever it is. But imagine waking up, which both of you do, and betting on yourself every single day, um, facing that fear every single day and saying, I'm going to take another step toward my dream. And I think like for me, being able to observe both of you throughout your careers and, you know, and even not really knowing you way back in the day when you were at Tennessee and, you know, but then getting to know you over the years and just understanding, I think we were talking about it a couple weeks ago that if you were a man, both of you, your entire lives would be so completely different. If you accomplish the exact same thing that you've accomplished, but just as a man, everything would be different. And I think that's something that, you know, other women maybe can relate to. I think for men, like it's really hard for us to understand that. Um, but those little bets, both of you, it's like, it's been absolutely incredible to watch. And I feel so fortunate for me, you know, to get to work around a lot of incredible women and to work in women's sports, um, and to be able to have my mentors be women, my inspiration be women, you know, but just a quick at the top of this conversation, thank you to both of you (laughs) for inspiring me so much. Um, but you were an LA spark for 13 seasons, Candace, and you are no longer in the city of angels. Um, but you got to go home and play for the sky, win a championship for them. Um, was that decision, was that one of those decisions that was like, I finally get to do this or was it, you know, I'm happy where I'm at, but this is a business and I need to make a move. Um, where, how did that all, how did it, come to be and what really led you to make that choice? Well, change is really hard. No matter if you're ready for it, prepared for it, change is hard. And so I think for me, I think a lot of times we live in the comfort just because we don't want to change for so long. And it got to a point for me where I was just ready for it. I don't think I played my last LA Spark game and was like, this is it. You know, I, I didn't have that thought, but as I went on, I just looked at the situation and I always want to be in a position first to enjoy playing, you know, first and foremost, but second to like be in a position to win as well as be with people that kind of, we connect on and off the floor. And I just felt like it wasn't what LA was lacking. It was more so what Chicago could offer and the opportunity to go home and to play in a place where I first picked up the basketball. I mean, a lot of people that watched us win the championship first watched me play in my seventh grade game, 
first watched us, you know, when we won state at, at Naperville Central. My high school team, my high school coach was in the building. High school teammates were in the building. So it was like that kind of circle, you know, where you get back to that starting point. And it was really, really, really hard to make that decision. But I was really grateful that I had the support of my family. And I'm one of those, like, I'm going ro- to roll with it. If we didn't win the championship, I don't think that, and I said it as a six seed, we weren't doing well. <laughs> I don't think I would go back on this decision. This is a decision I had to make. And, um, you know, it, it worked out, you know, we won and things like that. But I think the, the journey again, yeah. you know, being able to make that decision and to go home and to feel um, the type of feelings that I felt playing in front of those, uh, it's, it's nothing like it. Yeah, it's like we always, Allison and I talk a lot about, you know, when you're, when you're living in your purpose, you know, there's, there's something about, you know, you could call it, it from a performance standpoint, like a flow state. But I think that like, when you're living in your purpose, there's, I always just refer to it as like, it's harmonious, like, there's just harmony there. And like, when you're in it, you know, that's where I'm supposed to be. And you're not always sure how you got there. And I always like think of, you know, Allison first taught me about like, embracing a journey instead of celebrating a this destination and it was watching her you know at the olympics and when she'd win just kind of talking to her and being like well what it was it everything you know like this is everything like we've all been working towards you know and it didn't feel the way that i think she thought it was gonna feel you know and then this idea that like no the magic was in the journey. Um, the magic was in how you got there. That's where the growth happened. Those are where the lessons are. And, you know, like each, each, each step along the way, that's the really, really important part. So yeah, it's, it's incredible to see the way that you like took that step, um, for you and, you know, stepped right into your purpose. Cause it's scary, but I hope it feels like harmony. Yeah, it was it was beautiful to see like the steps that led to it and for it just all to come together. You know, it doesn't always happen that way, but I love that it did, you know, especially for you going, you know, going home. I mean, I couldn't you couldn't dream of like a better scenario. And I I remember, you know, that day um, it was also my wedding day. And (laughs) I remember, (laughs) yeah, we were really wait, wait, wait. Yeah, tell them tell them the story because I remember like talking with people and they were they were like, well, we don't know if we're going to be able to make it or not because like if can't if they if the finals game is that night and wait, yeah, tell there was them, a lot of other give them guests. the background. So so yes, the championship game, um, you know, fell on the same day that I got married, and obviously Candace is one of my very close friends, and so a lot of our other guests, you know, were tied in with that as well, and I think we were all kind of chatting with like, okay, so what's the game plan? And you know, it, it worked out the way. You know, obviously we were super bummed that you couldn't be there, but I mean, you were out here winning rings and things, so you know, we, <laughs> we I support. So no, I was so bummed. That was the first thing I remember calling. Um, calling Kenneth when we made the finals and I was like, okay, so we win in three games. Like I'll be there, you know, like situated because we were going to go and then fly back to the parade and all that. And yeah, we lost game two. And I was like, but the good thing was for all of our sake, shout out YouTube TV, because we were all walking around the venue with our phones, like watching games and people are like, what's the Wi-Fi? What's the Wi-Fi? You already knew what they were up to. Yeah, it was it was just the coolest experience. I was getting my hair and makeup done. And of course, you know, we're watching and 
you know, everybody is cheering and I'm like, you know, it's just the center point of everything. And I remember, you know, taking a picture of that moment afterwards and sending it to you. And just before we headed to the ceremony was just, you know, sharing just how proud I was, you know, watching this, you know, this journey. And I know, I know that it has not been easy and I know like all that goes into it. So to see it unfold in that way was just incredible. But I want you to go more into like, what was that like? Like, what was it like to win the first ever WNBA championship for them? And just like you, you talked a little bit about it already, but, you know, playing in front of that home crowd and just like the significance around that. So the late great Pat Summit always taught me to chase people in passion. And if you do those two things, like you'll never fail. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had my fair share of missteps and, you know, mistakes, but I've really maintained that as my value. And I think on this quest to win a championship at home, it was like, that was what I was chasing. Mm. You know, it was, you know, my passion for basketball and things like that, but also, you know, the people. And I think that this group, Vandersloot's one of the best point guards to ever play the game of basketball. Mm. Kalia Copper is going to be a future, not just finals MVP, but overall in the league MVP. Mm -hmm. Um, Allie Quigley, one of the best shooters in the world. And we all just had that like common goal. And then, you know, it was fun for me to witness this past Olympics because it was a different purpose for you. Like Cammy's watching you, you know? Mm-hmm. And Layla really started to understand because we were like in our roots. So she was able to go back where I started playing basketball. And she went and saw my high school. She went and saw the, the court and the park that was named after me. Like she went to all these things. So like this game was important to her. Like she had the WBA mm-hmm. app on her phone. So when we started getting closer, she was like, so we get rings? Like, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> so it was a whole other purpose. And, you know, she was, she wanted to go to the gym with me and practice. Um, you know, she wanted to come and sit courtside and watch the game. I mean, you remember her. She never watched the game. She was always on yeah. her iPad. So it was like a whole nother purpose for this little human being that's like watching. And, um, yeah, it was just surreal to have that experience with her. You know, I think that's what it was, Mm -hmm. was like when we decided to go to Chicago, we have this picture of when we won in LA and she's like yelling, mom, we did it. And she's like, when we decided to go back and we had to move to Chicago and all this stuff, she's like, I want another picture like that. If we're going to do all this, I want another picture like that. For sure. We got it. And it was just that moment where she like came up and she's so grown up. I can't pick her up anymore. And it's just like, we she's been through my entire career pretty much. And so I think it was just like about her and it yeah. was about what she remembers. And like, she held the ball for me and it was just, I don't know. It was just surreal. Well, it seems like she she... the club, Allison, after I was like, <laughs> that's where I draw the line <laughs> too much. I feel like she picked up, she picked up the basketball. She must've really wanted to get in the club. Cause didn't she just put up 2020 like, Listen. like two or three weeks ago? I, she was <laughs> like, look, trying. if you're not going to let me in, it's I'm, fine. I'll get my own ring and I'll be there. Yes, exactly. I'm trying not to get excited, but like it is, it is there. Like she's starting to show glimpses of like, even just wanting to, which is, you know, which is exciting. So she has come a long way from like her soccer days where we're like, okay, Lay, like, let's focus here. Like, 
We're like, who is this person? I, I love to see it. I mean, that moment when you guys embraced afterwards, like it just made me emotional because it just, it was everything, you know, it just, it just all came together. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, like when that happens. And also you said something after, I think it might've been the presser after you said, you don't have to tell your story, time will. And that just like, it spoke to my soul. Like it really did. But what, what, why was that statement really emotional for you? I feel as though sometimes uh, people get worried about being misunderstood, you know, and trying to prove yourself time and time again, instead of just sticking to the journey and just putting your head down, going to work, doing what, you know, doing what you're passionate about, you know, putting the people in your, in your life first, um, admitting when you're wrong, making mistakes, learning from them. You know, I think that's all a part of your journey. And, and sometimes, like, especially within a book, like, if you flip to page 15 and the book's not done, like, you're not finished, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you can't really yell what the story is about at page 15, you know? Um, you got to kind of let time tell, you know? And I think, for me, there's so many times where I felt like I've had to explain myself and I've wanted to explode. I've wanted to like yell who I am and what I'm about. And it's like, you don't have to, you know, the people that matter know. And, you know, at the end, end of the day, like this isn't the end of my journey, you know, regardless of whether I pick up a basketball or not, you know, it's a constant journey. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know. I just, I've kind of tried to live by that this last year, you know, it was just kind of keep at it. You don't have to tell mm-hmm. people who you are, explain yourself. Um, you know, time will tell with whatever journey you're going through. So that was just kind of what was on my heart at the moment, because I think you're the best thing since sliced bread when you win and you're the worst when you lose. And it's like, no, that's not it. Like all the losses got me to this point. Yeah. Like, all of those setbacks, all of those heartbreakers, all of those last second shots, everything like was for this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you also like start to realize it's just so much bigger than than the game and why you're the the winning is not that's not the point, right? Like why do you really go in and why have both of you put in year after year after year after year? Is it just because you like winning? Like I know both of you love <laughs> winning, so I do know you love winning, but but I think like when I hear both of you talk, you talk about Cami, you talk about Layla and I think in your, both of your journeys, you've realized the purpose of these physical gifts you've been given. Um, It's to impact the world and actually like change things for people. It's not just to take a ball and throw it through a hoop or just to see how fast you can get from one line to the next. Like that would be a pretty sad existence if that's all it was about was just getting a ball in a hoop but I think for both of you you've done such a beautiful job of of like showing the world teaching the world you know that it's about the journey that you the only thing that matters is what you really think about yourself it's not what everyone else thinks about you and I think like you know you're a living a living testament to that both of you are because i've seen both of you you know walk away from things that other people could only dream of um and do it because you had enough respect for yourself and understood that you know this is what actually matters is how i view myself not how someone else views me um 
And those are, that's again, going back to those big bets versus the small bets, you know, it's a scary thing to walk away from what everyone else celebrates and, and say, I'm going to go and do it this other way because I know that's what's, what's right and what's true for me. And I, I just love that quote, you know, that you don't have to tell your story time. Well, I think that's going to be one of those things that, you know, 50 years from now when I'll probably be dead, but you two will still be alive (laughs) when you're, I mean, 50 years, it's, you know, that's not, it's not morbid. That's just reality. Um, but I think that, you know, it'll be, it'll be one of those quotes that, that lives on. And I, I hope that like, as it lives on, its story really lives on too, because there's so much behind that story. There's so much work, effort, pain, sadness, you know, behind, behind those words. But, um, yeah, but I love that it got to come from a happy moment too. No, I appreciate it. But I, but I also think it's like, it's, it's amazing to see people be genuine and authentic to who they are. And it mm-hmm. doesn't always happen automatically, especially through maturity, through mm-hmm. realizing like what's important, you know, and I think Allison and I have both been through this journey, you know, in authenticity and being genuine and, you know, figuring out what we want, you know, mm-hmm. because it's important. And I think once you're genuine and authentic in those lanes and there's nothing there, that's like the superpower, you know, you become like almost superpower ish because you're like, I know who I am. I know my purpose. I know I'm authentic. I know I'm genuine, you know? And then now it's like, you have this little kid that's looking at you and you realize like, you know, you're trying to do things for, for them. And so I think it's really powerful when you get to that point where that's when you're not rattled by what people say or mm-hmm. what people think or awards and accolades and wins and losses. Yeah. Yeah. It's something like you say all the time, Wes, like the, about the freedom on the other side of it. You know, it's, it is just such a freeing feeling because it's exhausting when you're trying to keep up with all of the stuff, you know, all of the, like you said, whether it's the awards or this person or that person, it's like it's never ending and it's never enough. And so it has to be, there has to be a bigger purpose and there has to be, you know, that connection and that reason. And so to me, like that's huge. And I think for us both, you know, it has been our daughter's. And, you know, it's it's such a defining, you know, point to who we are. Um, I feel so grateful to it's one of my favorite things to have watched you, you know, Mother Layla. And I feel so grateful to have a front row seat of that. And you had Layla you know, at a time, I would say like in your prime, but I think it was probably like before your prime. (laughs) Um, And it was, it was like a very different time. And it was, I remember like just the buzz, you know, when you were pregnant and the criticism and like all of the stuff and how hard, like I've, I've seen how hard it's been also, like obviously being a mother is so rewarding and it's incredible, but it's also like just hard. Um, And I've seen you, you know, travel with lay to to Russia or miss big moments and, you know, just all of the stuff. But um, can you just share like that experience of being a mother during that time and just the challenges that you faced? It gives me so much joy that things are changing, that especially women athletes now, I feel as though as a result of your voice, as a result of my voice, I think things are changing. Yeah. Um, maternity leave, you know, you talk about even within our CBA, just the rules behind 
having to pay for a room to bring your mom, you know, yeah. I had to bring my mom or, or Layla's father on trips. And it was like, I had to nurse. So it was like, you know, figuring out that while playing, I think it was, it was difficult, but I have always wanted to be a mom. Like I played with dolls until I was almost 13. I named all my children, which by the way, I was not able to use any of those names, but <laughs> I named all my kids. Um, in college, I could always be found babysitting. I would rather babysit kids than go out. Like I just have always been, I've always wanted to be a mom. And so Layla was the most pleasant surprise, mm. most welcome surprise. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, I, I don't, I can't say that I was like, oh, this is going to be so smooth. But I think it was just kind of her and I have that, like, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and I've been so, I tell Layla this all the time. I'm so grateful that she chose me to be her mom because she is like just built for just adjustment. Like she just mm -hmm. adjusts like time change. We'd go to Russia. I'd be up all night. She'd be sleep eight hours, <laughs> wake up, <laughs> you know, like she just adjusts to time change on the plane. I would rather travel with her than anybody give her apple juice. She's like, is this a sleep flight or, you know, whatever. She would ask <laughs> those questions from a very young age. Like she just got it. You know, and um, so, yeah, things were difficult, but honestly, like, it's cool to look back at pictures and her say, hey, that was in Spain at the zoo or that was when we went to Dubai or, you know, when she was three years old, I took her out of school and I was like, hey, it's a mommy and me day. Like, where do you want to go? And she was like, I want to go to Dubai. And I'm like, well, we can't really do that <laughs> or somewhere like that. So it's been amazing for me to just be able to have a kid that's seen the world as Cammie has and see the way that she adapts and experiences and embraces people. It's, it was difficult to juggle just career and motherhood as everybody, you know, not mm -hmm. just professional athletes as working parents, but, um, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, it, it was, it, it, I love the fact that she can remember the Olympics at three or four that she's been at, you know, different games and remember Staples center. And, you know, so she remembers my career and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Well, you've done just such a incredible job with her and she's such a, such a amazing, smart, um, strong young woman. And it's just, stubborn. it's you stick stubborn in there. <laughs> stubborn. <laughs> it's just crazy to, to see her just grow up and, you know, all the things. And I think it's just a testament to you and to your village and, you know, and how you have, you know, done things. And I think you talked about it a little bit of just about how I feel like the WNBA has really done a good job, you know, and, in really kind of being leaders, you know, in this area, like you said, it's come a long way. Obviously there's more to do, but they guaranteed players um, fully paid maternity leave. And can you just talk about like how important that is and just kind of the future moving forward, you know, what we would like to see. I made a huge mistake in the beginning of my career because I think I just put my head down and just like tried to do it and work through it mm -hmm. and, I don't know if I had conversations like I should have, because I think a lot of times, especially young moms recognize the holes that were within a league that was all women that, you know, especially all women that were playing during their times of, you know, when they usually would have children. And so as we started having more conversations, you know, 
I think that's where we started really picking apart how we could make the CBA better, you know, and, and kudos to Neko Gumake and Terry Jackson, mm-hmm. who really asked those questions and wanted to have those conversations. And, you know, we started talking like this, it's, it's ridiculous, even just reproduction, you know, you, you have women that play until they're 35, 36, and then it's like, okay, so now what, you know, for infertility, yeah. you know, that's when it, it, it raises, um, we talk about just apartments, we get apartments in the summer. They were one bedroom. If you wanted two, you had to pay, but if you have a child, you know, you're going to share a room with your kid. Um, so those were the conversations, you know, child stipend. We're going to a city that we don't live in necessarily. Who's taking, where, where's childcare. So being able to have a stipend for that before it was, when I didn't play with Layla after I had her, we didn't get paid for that until you got back. Mm-hmm. So there was no maternity leave. So I think those are all conversations that our players association really did a good job of negotiating and, and bringing and shining a light on um, with the league. Because it, if we're not the leaders of this and we're a league of all women, then how can we have the expectation of people in the workforce that are 50-50 or 60-40 to really have an understanding for working parents and what that's required and what, how can we help them better succeed at both? And that is like parents. It's not just women. Yeah. No, it's parents. And so I think the league is doing a good job. Are we perfect? No. Um, can we get better? Yes. (laughs) But we're, you know, we're, we're headed in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, it was inspiring for me to see just as I kind of dive more into that and, you know, want to provide more resources for, you know, women athletes who want to have families and are still, you know, at the highest level. I remember going to world championships with Cami for the first time and getting my room and I had a roommate. Like, how does that work? How do how do you have a child who's under one, you know, in a room with somebody else? And it's like, yes, thankfully that, you know, I had the resources like you had the resources to do all the extra stuff and bring the extra people and get the extra rooms. And but what about those women who don't have that, you know, and so there's a lot of, you know, work to be done more there. But listening to, you know, some of the things that you guys have done, you know, it's, it's definitely makes me really hopeful that we can continue to, to build and and to bring that, you know, to eventually become like a norm for the industry. Um, I want to ask you about something that I, I know, like I've struggled with having to, you know, travel a lot for work. And I hate like missing the moments, you know, all of there's so much happening, especially with Cami at this age. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times, like, I'll feel like I'm, I'm like, thriving on the track, like, beast at a workout or something. And it's great. And then I come home and I'm like, <laughs> everything is in shambles. Like, I, I feel like I'm failing there. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, how have you dealt with that? And how do you, like, how do you tell yourself that, you know, you're, you're doing what you need to be doing and, and not falling short in, in being a partner or being a mother. I, and I still do, I fall back into it. I used to have the worst mommy guilt because mm-hmm. I grew up in a household where my mom was at everything. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I yeah. forgot my lunch, my mom was bringing my lunch, you know, yeah. front and center at the Christmas play when you know it was at noon like that was my mom she was just (laughs) everything and i I had the worst mom guilt because that was my reality 
you know? Um, and I'm so grateful for Layla for, I won't say sharing, but I'll say inspiring, but also allowing me to continue to like dream Mm -hmm. and go, go after my dreams. And I'm realizing that the impact that that's having on her is far greater than a mom and me lunch at school. I'm there when I can, she's a priority and she knows it. Um, and I think there's other ways that you can spend time, you know, with them. I, when Layla was little, she didn't understand I was leaving for three or four days. So we would make sleep calendars. Mm-hmm. So she would make me one, I would make her one. And then every night on FaceTime, we would cross out the sleep calendar. I so cause that. kids know their sleep, you know, you have yeah. three sleeps until you see mommy or two sleeps. And so we would cross it out and, and that became like our ritual, even to the point where I was like, you're, you're 11. Can we not do sleep calendars? (laughs) (laughs) And so that was just our little ritual. And we were able to spend time with each other. I think for me with the mom guilt, I have certain non-negotiables that I set in stone Mm. within a week or within the month or whatever, where I plan out where that is a non-negotiable with work, with whatever. So Mm -hmm. when I am home, you know, I try not to schedule things when I pick or take Layla to school when I pick her up or take her mm-hmm. to school. Cause I feel like that's when you get all the tea, you know, the middle. School <laughs> tea. Yes. And that's when she's just at her most authentic and happy and things like that. So I try to carve that time out. And then also, like I said, I'm so grateful for my village. They show up. I couldn't be at her first middle school game. Yeah. They showed up, you know, and I have people recording the videos for me and I'm on FaceTime and, you know, she knows that I am super present. Even if I'm not there, I'm present in what she's doing. I know mm-hmm. that she has a test on Wednesday or I know she has, you know, whatever. And so I think there's different ways to be present. Um, and she knows how much it hurts when I miss things. And, yeah. uh, you know, she'll sometimes be like, mommy, it's okay. Like, you know, there's other games, you know, she tries to call <laughs> me, but it, it yeah. is something that I struggle. And, you know, I'm sh- sorry to say you're going to struggle with it too, but it's about not beating yourself up, but also finding that balance. Yeah. I think what's so wild about it to me is, you know, I think of, you know, both of you as to so many people, you probably feel very unrelatable because you're, you know, you guys have been high school phenoms and have had these like crazy, insane, greatest of all time careers, very public figures. Um, But that feeling of like mom guilt, I would imagine every single mom feels that and can relate to it. And, you know, when you're talking about having to miss things, um, it's almost like there's this expectation that if you have some sort of success, that then that means like, I don't know, somehow you're going to be able to do all the things and be everywhere. And we always have this goal of like, I can do everything. And I think we can do a lot of things, but we can't do everything, you know, and there's so many other parents who are probably sitting there struggling because, work doesn't stop until five and basketball game starts at three thirty, and they would love to be there to support. But what do you, what do you do? How do you do it? You know, Saturdays sitting there at soccer all day long, exhausted because they just went through a full work week. And, you know, so I, I think it's so cool to also see the ways that you two are so relatable to other parents out there um, too, because I think everybody's probably feeling a lot of that, a lot of that guilt, Um, I know for me, even as an uncle, you know, Cammie one time, um, was she FaceTime and, 
and she was like what are, what you what you doing uncle and i was like i was like oh i'm working and she goes uncle always works and i was like oh i need to i need to, wait how did you pick i need to get it together like you're two and a half. Like, you shouldn't be aware of that at this point. She does you know? it all the time. Like, when I say, like, okay, mommy's going to go to work. She's like, say hi to uncle for me. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> take care of uncle. She just, like, associates, like, you work, work. with uncle. So, okay. please do well, better. Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> kids will show you. Like, kids will. Yeah. Kids will They're a beautiful you, mirror. Like, you uh-huh. know? And it's like, you know, sometimes you have to help them put it in perspective. But at the same time, like, you know, Layla has shown me who i am a number of times (laughs) like ah okay yeah okay it made me it it makes me think you know this adele album that recently came out there's a song in there that you know where she talks about mommy's big feelings and all the things that that she wants her child to to teach her and you know you talk a lot about um about just like what an inspiration layla is to you but what are a couple things that some of the big things that Layla's taught you? So when I first started this like journey, I had, I started writing to Layla from the time I found out I was pregnant with her and I would just write to her cause I, I, I never wanted her to shrink herself for this world. I wanted her to know that she could be her and you know, she was a girl. So I just wanted her to be strong and all these things. And so I was telling her all these things I was going to teach her and we were going to like, whatever. And then she came out and it was just like the other way around. She teaches me so much every single day. Um, I used to hate, and I still hate to lose. I hate losing. Mm-hmm. But Layla's taught me like to relinquish the results. Like you do the best you can, and you relinquish the results. You know, and you know, I used to be in bed for five days after the season after we lose, and it's like you have this little person that's like, Mom. Like when I lose at Monopoly, you tell me not to cry. Like, <laughs> why are you crying now? You know, you said we don't cry when we lose. Um, she's taught me about a bigger purpose, you know, and I think you talk about inspiration, you talk about being a role model, but then when you have this little kid that's looking up to you and literally doing everything you're doing. I mean, at two, she used to growl. I couldn't figure out why she was growling. And then I did something, I couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, that's where she gets it. <laughs> You know, Layla is just my personality twin. And so everything that's positive, I'm like, oh, that's so great. But then the negative stuff, (laughs) I do that too. Um, And so she's just my little, I mean, she calls me on every, you know, something's wrong. um, But also I think it's just this generation as well. Like I'm learning so much from her about the way to treat people, like even fighting, you know, like my messaging behind what I got when I was a kid versus now what I'm giving her, you know, Mm. body positivity. Like she hands me a list of stores that we can't shop at because they're not body conscious and body positive, you know, like things that I never thought of, um, pronouns, you know, like she was on vacation riding like this whale, this inflatable whale. And she was like, um, you know, they like me riding them. And I'm just like, <laughs> we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. And I'm like, okay, good point. You know, so I'm just, I'm constantly listening and learning. And I just am in awe of just how much she teaches me every day. That's beautiful. It That's is. so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
All right. Well, as we're kind of getting getting towards the end of this conversation, so these are mountaintop conversations, and for us, mountaintop, you know, it comes from this idea. Um, Michelle Obama referenced, you know, making it to the mountaintop and then extending a hand to other people who are trying to get to that mountaintop. This this idea that I think both of you have talked about so much that you know it's not about your accomplishment it's about your journey and it's not about other people's thoughts or expectations of you it's about like how you view yourself what would you say is one of your or has been one of your mountaintop moments despite all of the things that are going on especially in women's sports and the topics and i know we're close on 50 years for title nine i realize that we have the opportunities that we have because we're standing on like the shoulders of those that came before us mm-hmm. So I feel as though like the moment is the whole experience. Like my goal coming into the WNBA was to make basketball better and to open up more doors and more opportunities for other young girls. And I think my mountaintop moment was looking around in Chicago and seeing a sellout crowd to watch Mm. the WNBA, Mm. you know? And I think it's that type of support that we need that type of visibility that we need to continue to, to move it forward. We were in our 25th year this year, our ratings were up and, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I think it allows me to kind of sleep at night because coming in, we didn't know if we were going to be at 25 years. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think all of us have had a part in that, you know, you hear sellout and you're like, you get on Ticketmaster and you're like, okay, there's seats all around, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's it's like sellout. And I was like, yeah, okay. I went to Ticketmaster. There were no, no seats. And so that, I think that's powerful for women's basketball to be able to be the main stage. And I think it opens up more doors and and more opportunities for other, for other athletes. I won't even say just basketball. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, this idea of then extending a hand, you know, you and Layla invested in Angel City FC. And to me, that's like, that is that is literally the extension of your hand saying you got to experience in Chicago that sellout crowd. And now you're going to actually invest in another sports team um, in an entirely different sport, entirely different league. And, you know, then extend that hand to say like, hey, let's let's keep this going. Like, let's you need to get up here and feel this too. Um I mean, and it just seems so incredibly special that you got to do that with Layla or on Layla's behalf. But what really led you to to make that investment? I think if you you can't just talk about it nowadays, you mm. have to be about it. Mm. And there's two things that I'm extremely passionate about. One, obviously, being sports, women in sports, young girls in sports. And two is just business, women within business and ownership. And honestly, if we're going to add a third, I think it's generational knowledge and generational wealth. And this was just one of those things where you could do all three. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't sit here and yell people, yell at people to invest in women's sports and not be doing so myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it, soccer was my first love. I played soccer until I was 13, 14 years old. I was going to be... Brandy Chastain, Mia Hamm, Brianna Scurry. That was me. I was running around taking my shirt off after scoring. And so this game, it provided so many opportunities for me. Um, Mm. And it was just amazing to be a part of it, you know, and and the purpose behind it too. You know, the, the 
the common cause of young girls to drop out, they usually drop off out around 11 or 12 is sports bras. They don't have mm -hmm. equipment mm -hmm. and they're going mm -hmm. through puberty. So recognizing that, that that's the reason that's, that's honestly a reason and angel city doing a good job of like trying to put resources behind this. This isn't just a soccer team. It's a purpose behind it. It's recognizing women in leadership positions. It's hiring women coaches. It's, inspiring girls to to learn the life skills that come alongside sports it's not just about playing professionally so i think the purpose behind it just matched it and it was just one of those opportunities that to be able to share it with layla um you know i think is is very is very special it's such a cool thing for me to just see how far things have come you know and just from when we were growing up and like what we got to see and and now, like, thinking about what Cammie will get to see and, you know, telling her about that. And it's just, it's it's a whole different world. I mean, obviously, there's still, like, a lot that we have to do. And I think both of us, like, really get that. And we both understand, you know, all of the inequalities that exist when it comes to women in sports. And, you know, we've lived that, whether it's visibility or equal pay, like, all of it. It's It's constantly been a fight and it's one that you know we still have a lot to do but like as a whole you know athlete society basically everyone what can we do to to really further highlight all the amazing things that women have accomplishment and have accomplished and that you know will continue to accomplish like what what are steps like we can take to actually like highlight and bring more visibility there you know I like to use the the analogy of you know, BET, you know, like mm -hmm. the recognition of African-Americans within music mm. wasn't there. So you created your own lane, similar to what you and Wes are doing. It wasn't mm -hmm. there. You create your own lane. And I think it's an opportunity to have that creation. And then sometimes it morphs into, okay, now we all have that opportunity, but I think that's what it is. Now we're we're creating those lanes. Yeah. We're having those conversations surrounding things that aren't fair, that aren't right, that aren't equal. You know, I think the best thing that could have ever happened was last year when the weight room for the women's basketball NCAA mm -hmm. tournament was mm -hmm. the what, mm -hmm. what it was. It literally, how it says a picture speaks a thousand words. We could have talked about the inequalities. And yeah. <laughs> we could have talked about it for years and nobody would have understood. But when they took that video mm -hmm. and they showed the entire world, now look, the refs are being paid the same in the mm -hmm. NCAA women's yeah. tournament as the men. So I think sometimes it's just, you know, bringing to light those things, showing people, but also creating the lanes. And then yeah. people being like, oh, why didn't this exist all along? Or I never thought yeah. about it that way. So I think that's honestly, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, I, I'm so grateful for this conversation. I'm, I'm so thankful to call you a friend, but just to have talked about all these different things and that you're a representation and that we get to, you know, watch you and, and learn from you. And so I'm just so appreciative that um, you shared with us today. And we usually end these conversations with um, a couple rapid fire questions. So if you're cool with that, I'll let Wes jump in. Let's do it. What does your morning routine look like? I lay in bed until the last possible moment. <laughs> um, I get up and get Layla ready for school. I have my coffee. I intermittent fast, so I don't eat until noon. I get her situated, take her to school, um, answer emails. That's 
And then, you know, I'll get the workout in usually after I eat. So like around 1230, one o'clock is my workout. Love it. Favorite Jay-Z song or lyric? <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to choose. <laughs> um, I think it's What More Can I Say? Mm. My favorite mm. song. So good. Okay, what's something that we wouldn't be able to find out about you on Google? Ooh. Um, so before big games, I order Cold Stone. I have to have Cold Stone before big games. So the night Wait. before games. I never knew that. Yeah, I have to have Cold Stone with strawberry. So I mix in the strawberry and the cookie dough. And you know I love Cold Stones, but yeah. I have it for every big game. Even in the bubble. Even in the bubble, I ordered it in. That but, sounds like another uh, Layla and Candace investment coming up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, you could play one-on-one with any basketball player. Who would it be? Probably Kevin Durant. I mean, mm. the boy is insane. So just to like learn his skill set, he's ridiculous. Like we don't even appreciate his greatness. Mm-mm. Love that. That's yeah. it. That's it from us. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. I want to say that, you know, I understand everybody knows how amazing of an athlete you are, um, you know, five Olympics, just being able to watch you. But I don't even think you scratch the surface of what you're going to do. Like, I don't even think you scratch the surface of like what you're going to bring to this world. And I mean, what you brought to this world, I mean, a million medals, <laughs> a thousand wins, a thousand <laughs> wins. I mean, that's a great career. But I just think this journey that you and Wes are going on, is so special motherhood is so special and it's amazing to see people seamlessly transition Mm. and have a purpose and inspire and so i just think it's going to be amazing you know i've watched you over the last 20 years but to watch you 20 more years and what you're going to do for people and you know how many voices that you're going to be able to to hear and help and all that stuff it's just unbelievable Mm. to watch so thank thank you you for inspiring me on the track but also (laughs) you know, off the track. So I am so happy for you both, honestly. And I told Wes this in New York. I am so proud of y'all. And it's so fun to watch. Yeah, that means so much to me. Um, No, truly, I I really appreciate that. And uh, we didn't even talk about it, but you have another little one on the way. Congratulations. And I am so excited. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're excited to to (laughs) get to spoiling. We're like, we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> the toys and all the inventions. I'm like, if I had this when I had Layla, like it would right? be so much easier. What is going on? Right. But I just, yeah. I just love seeing you in this light, like unapologetically being yourself, like your journey, like it's, it's all just beautiful. So I'm glad that we get to um, do life alongside of each other and be present in all the moments and all the things. So you are yep. an inspiration and a hero. We yes. love you. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Thank you.